Hello and welcome to episode 169 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight, it's time for that May crazy travel roundup. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And tonight I am partaking in a Sweetwater G13 IPA, 6% APV, one of my favorite and probably my go-to beer the last 24 months or so. And this episode is being posted a solid week after June 1st. And the reason was that I was attending a conference in San Antonio, Texas, the first week of June. And due to the time change of an hour and commitments, I barely had a free hour to record, much less a free hour to edit the audio. During May, I spent a total of five nights in the beautiful Demarest, Georgia, Hampton Inn and Suites. And I'm here to tell you that that property has removed any traces or indications that there was ever a COVID situation, short of the no daily housekeeping without requesting it, which I think is going to be the trend with Hilton for a while. And the remaining hand sanitizing stations outside the elevators, there were no break the seal stickers across the door jams, the uh, no condoms over the TV remotes and nothing mentioning anything about masks that I could see. Possibly the biggest change was that the typical Hampton Inn serve yourself breakfast was on display each morning. That meant square eggs, bagels that were no longer wrapped in saran wrap, and of course the delicious malted waffles were all back on display for your choosing. My next trip was Monday through Friday to San Antonio. And I've discussed that I am not an airplane nerd or airport nerd. I rarely know what model plane I'm flying on. I know that Southwest typically flies the 737-700s as well as the 737-800s, but visibly I could not tell them apart. And I do know a few airport codes, Newark EWR, Atlanta ATL, Orlando MCO. And this next segment is where those airline or airport codes come into play. A few weeks ago, another team member, a baby, baby road warrior, this gentleman probably hasn't flown in three and a half years, was going to be meeting me in San Antonio. He sends me a message letting me know that there were no flights posted on Travelocity out of San Antonio back to Newark on Friday. I messaged him back. I said, don't use Travelocity, book directly through the airline website. A few minutes later, he hits me back with another message. Still no flights on Friday. First thing available is on Saturday. So I stop what I'm doing. I head over to United.com because I knew they flew in and out of San Antonio as well as Newark. Punch in the information, the time, the dates, and I come back with no less than six flights from SAT to EWR. And that's when it dawned on me that that baby, baby road warrior was looking at the airport code of SAT and thinking that that was the day of the week for the departure from San Antonio. So yes, I guess there is value in knowing airport codes. Now, during both of those trips, Demarest, Georgia, as well as San Antonio, Texas, I broke one of my travel rules, not once, but twice. And that rule is to avoid business travel during holidays. And the first breach was my trip back from Demarest took place on Friday, May 27th, the start of the Memorial Day weekend. 
that turned a seven-hour leisurely drive into a nine-hour odyssey down back roads and through national parks just to get back to Chateau Relaxo. And then my second breach was that my flight to San Antonio was on Monday, as in Monday, the actual Memorial Day. However, my flight to San Antonio did start out on the bright side with a Southwest boarding assignment Sunday night of Group A position one, which means after all of the people needing assistance getting on the plane, I was the first one to board. Woke up Monday morning, turned on to the news shows, all telling us story after story about how bad the airports were going to be on this last day of the three-day weekend. Limited parking, long TSA lines were the common theme between all the stations. Well, my department from Orlando International Airport resembled none of that. I found a parking space close to the elevator, and TSA took less than five minutes, including a secondary screening of my carry-on. And then after the door of the airplane was shut, I found myself with a vacant middle seat. That was until the flight attendant announced that there was a parent and child, and a child being under the age of five could not legally sit without a guardian or parent, and they needed to sit together, and would anyone with a vacant middle seat next to them be willing to move so they could sit together? I volunteered knowing that I was about to get stuck in a middle seat for the next two hours of my flight. That was until the row that I picked to sit in had a vacant middle seat, but the couple there was trying the old split the middle seat trick where they were traveling together. One took the aisle, the other took the window, leaving that vacant middle seat in hopes that nobody would take it. When I wanted to go to get into the middle seat, they were said they're actually traveling together. One of them moved over. I got the aisle seat. And then to make things even better, the Southwest flight attendant hooked me up with a free double of Wild Turkey 101 and ginger ale. So all in all, while I did break my travel rule, not once but twice, I think I'm 50-50 on it. On to the May Crazy Travel Roundup, and friend of the show, Robbie Morris, let me know that this month's episode could have almost written itself, and he was spot on. But before we get to the craziness, a few crazy travel updates. This coming to us from Boing Boing, 15 months for a woman who punched flight attendant's teeth out. Viviana Quinezo, remember her? Well, she was sentenced to 15 months in prison for punching out a flight attendant's teeth on a Southwest flight in 2021. And the reason for the unscheduled dental work is that a flight attendant asked Quinezo to actually mask up. How dare her? Quinezo pleaded guilty last year after being charged with felony assault and interfering with a flight. Quinezo is now going to have to pay nearly $26,000 in restitution along with a $7,500 fly- fine. This next one comes from everywhere on the internet. Mike Tyson will not face criminal charges over last month's airplane attack. Good for you, Mike. The third update is Maxwell Berry. And Maxwell Berry, you know that no one ever calls him just Maxwell. It's always Maxwell Berry. Last year, Maxwell Berry assaulted a male flight attendant and then went on to grope two female flight attendants on board a Frontier flight to Miami. Thank you, Florida. This behavior resulted in Maxwell Berry being duct taped to his seat for the remainder of the flight. Well, here's the update. Maxwell Berry has been sentenced to 60 days in jail, followed by a one-year supervised release, a $2,500 fine, and ordered to pay $1,500 in restitution over this incident. And Maxwell Berry must surrender himself by August 1st of 2022. 
And fourth, Spirit Airlines rejects JetBlue's takeover bid and will pursue a merger with Frontier. I can promise you that there will be more on this, but at this point, I look at Frontier being Spirit Airlines' hot side chick, and we all know that that never ends well for anybody. On to the May crazy travel roundup. Man opens emergency exit, walks out on the wing of moving plane at O'Hare Airport. This comes from The Bone 102.5 The Bone. A man is in custody after allegedly opening the emergency exit and walking out onto the wing of the United flight while it was still moving at Chicago O'Hare. And before we go any further, everyone knows that I love travel stories that involve exit doors or emergency slides. Also, if you're a betting person, the chances of either an emergency door or an airplane slide being deployed mid-flight is somewhere between none and less than none. But this happened at 4.30 a.m. as the United Airlines flight was approaching the airport's gate. So yes, the plane had landed, and yes, this did happen at 4.30 a.m. Police report that Randy Frank Davila, age 57, pulled the emergency exit door after he leaped over several people and then just simply walked out of the wing of the plane and then slid down onto the airfield. Randy Frank has been charged with one misdemeanor account of reckless conduct, and that's it. That's the end of the story. Nothing else, no follow-up, no reason why Randy Frank did this, just crickets. However, my own theory, it was 4.30 a.m., and I'm thinking that Randy Frank was looking to get home and get a bit of sleep. From WTOP News, Alexandria man stopped at Reagan Airport with 23 weapons. Here are the details. An unarmed man was stopped and cited at Reagan National Airport with 23 weapon violations. According to TSA, the man's carry-on bag had nine disposable scalpels, eight folding locking blade knives, three martial arts throwing knives, one dagger, one switchblade, and one pair of brass knuckles. I collect knives. I have ever since my first Swiss Army knife way back in 1971. Knives have held a certain fascination with me. Plus, in my case, me having a knife is a lot safer than me having a handgun. But looking at these pictures, most of these knives scream Mall Ninja. And if you've never heard of the term Mall Ninja, here's the lowdown. Mall Ninja are these crazy-ass stupid knives or weapons that are just absolutely ridiculous typically fluorescent in color, contain marbles or eagle claws, and are duller than your grandmother's butter knife. And their distribution isn't limited to just the mall. You can find them in most roadside gas stations or truck stops. So unnamed Alexandria man, the embarrassment of owning such trash should far outweigh any sentence that they impose on you. From Paddle Your Own Canoe, and that's canoe with a K, Ryanair cabin crew downs a bottle of wine and whiskey while working on a flight. A member of Ryanair's cabin crew was filmed allegedly downing a bottle of rosé wine and a double shot of whiskey during a flight they were working on from Poland to Stansford. The 26-year-old flight attendant failed a breathalyzer test once the plane safely landed in the UK. He was then arrested on suspicion of performing an aviation function while impaired by alcohol. The passenger, or a passenger, told the local press, I don't know what he was doing. I asked for a drink, and when he came over to me, he said, Shh, don't tell anyone, but I'm going to have one too. Alcohol rules for airlines crew vary from country to country. 
as well as state to state. But most pilots and cabin crew are not permitted to drink alcohol within at least eight hours of working a flight, or as they say, eight hours bottle of throttle. The flight attendant is due to appear in court early June, and if found guilty, he could face jail time. And can't we all relate to this? I mean, how many times have we had a meeting where you wish that your coffee mug was filled with anything but coffee, and the only issue was that someone with a cell phone busted this guy? Kind of like leaving your uh, webcam on during a Zoom meeting as you get up and you're wearing nothing but shorts. Keeping with the alcohol theme, here's next month's entry. If you drink anywhere but at home, drinks are expensive. There's the $12 margarita at your local Mexican restaurant, a $15 Heineken tall boy at the hockey game, and yes, I am guilty of purchasing a $48 six-pack of Sweetwater IPA at a Hilton Garden Inn once or twice. Don't judge. However, if you happen to fly in and out of Newark or LaGuardia, have you ever heard of the Office of the Inspector General or the Port Authority? Well, if you aren't familiar with them, they are somehow connected or responsible for what New York airports charge for airport booze and more focused on what they charge for airport beers. And now they've clamped down on the outrageous prices being charged for airport beer at Newark and LaGuardia. This started out last year when one person posted on social media that they had purchased a $27 beer at LaGuardia. The beer was a seasonal beer, so it is going to bear a little bit of a higher price. But unless that beer shows up with a side of wings, $27 is a bit steep. However, what really concerns me about this is that $27 is the dollar figure that causes a clampdown by the Office of the Inspector General or the Port Authority. So what they're saying is that if it was a $26 seasonal beer, that would have made it under the radar. From one of my favorite new travel sites, Live and Let's Fly, Shrewd Model uses AirVent to dry lingerie on Southwest Airlines flight. An unnamed OnlyFans model went grassroots marketing with this stunt. She claimed that she had had a bit too much to drink the night before and continued drinking at the airport. And you remember what we say about plane drinking, right? Still tipsy, she spilled her drink on board, so she took off her underwear and then used the overhead air vent to dry them off. She apparently held the underwear up for a solid three minutes before putting her underwear back on at her seat. And of course, this was all filmed by an accomplice seated a few rows behind her. So this begs to ask, did this grassroots marketing deliver? And I'm not a marketing guy, but with over 2 million views on the Tiki Talk and 14,000 likes on Instagram, I'd have to say, yes, it delivered. And in case you don't check out the show notes, it was a thong that she was holding up and displaying and not a pair of granny panties. So this is where this month's episode begins to write itself. Delta Airlines pilot crawls through window of Boeing 737. Short of a fire or a terroristic attack, why would pilots ever need to enter a plane by crawling through the cockpit window? Well, it seems that pilots can lock themselves out of the cockpit. And there's a video, there's always a video of a Delta pilot using the luggage conveyor belt to enter the window of a Boeing 737 aircraft. As the pilot struggles to enter head first, his co-pilot gives him a helping hand, eventually pushing him through the window and then guiding his legs to get him fully inside. 
The video is true comedy gold, but the comments from Live and Let Fly readers are even better, from the mention of OSHA violations to all of the amateur avionic technicians arguing over the plane not being connected to a power source as the reason that the door lock solenoids couldn't function. Like I started out with, who knew that pilots could ever lock themselves out of a cockpit? Back to what we talked about earlier, that I'm not an airplane or airport nerd. My knowledge of airport codes, like I said, is normally based on the destinations that I travel through. Beyond looking at the placard in the seat back pocket, I have no idea what type of plane I'm flying on. However, I do rely on big airport or big airplane to make sure that everyone is doing their assigned jobs in order to keep myself and everyone else safe and securing safety as in avoiding this next story that actually happened. Virgin Atlantic pilot forced to turn back because he was still in training. You heard that right. The Virgin Atlantic flight was 40 minutes into its transatlantic journey when the first officer informed the captain that he had yet to complete his last flying test. Seriously. The passengers bound for New York were delayed almost three hours as the Airbus A330 headed to Heathrow, where they then waited on the runway while the staff found an, an, an experienced replacement. And it seems that Virgin Atlantic claims that they have reviewed its protocols and it will update them to ensure similar mistakes aren't repeated in the future. But here's what I don't understand. I have to show ID in order to pick up my rental car at Hertz, shouldn't the flight crew and uh, pilot maybe be required to do the same? It lets in this month's crazy travel with a bit of good travel news. Baby born on Frontier Airlines flight with assistance from flight attendant. This occurred on a recent Frontier's flight from Denver to Orlando. Thank you, Florida. Frontier took to social media to detail the birth. The baby couldn't wait, so the early and unexpected labor took place on a flight from Denver to Orlando. Flight attendant Diane Gerardo helped the mother-to-be to the back laboratory and assisted in the mother in giving birth. Wow. I've been present for both births of both of my children's and as a former firefighter and first responder, when I was asked if I wanted to cut the umbilical cord, my response both times was, isn't there someone here more qualified? However, flight attendant Diana was able to get it together enough to deliver a baby, much less deliver a baby in an airplane lavatory. How she did this, I'll never know. It's been years since I visited the lavatory of a plane, but as I recall, they aren't very spacious and have much less space than an actual delivery room. My guess is that this child, due to its place of birth, is automatically going to be immune to most germs and diseases out there. And yes, the parents did give her the middle name of Sky. Well, that's it for the Make Crazy Travel Roundup. If you want detailed show notes, links, and pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. Leave me a message at Anchor. Shoot me an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.